On today's show, Alper and Shingun's big night against the LA Lakers, including some better overall defense. Jalen Green with a strong start, but then struggling big time in the second half. How Jalen and KPJ were finally each able to score over 30 apiece in the same game against the Detroit Pistons Friday night, and it took Steven Silas how long to install a certain play? We're going to get to all of that and more coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control Houston. Ignition sequence start. The Houston Rockets select Jalen Green, Alperon Shingun, and Jabari Smith Jr. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. Every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Hey, Houston fans, I am so happy. You're getting somebody who's going to come in with a chip on their shoulder, somebody who's going to come, come in and compete from day one. Six, five, four, three, two... One. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. The show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com. Promo code Locked On. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on the way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for making LOR part of your day every single day. Uh, for today's episode, give me your thoughts on. Last couple games for the Rockets over the weekend, the the win against the Detroit Pistons Friday night. We'll spend a little bit of time talking about that later in the show. We're going to go in inverse order, I guess, here. Start or most recent order, I should say. Start with the Lakers game, some thoughts from that one, and then work our way back to the Pistons game. Give me your thoughts about how the Rockets played in these two games. And where I want to start is with the Lakers game, which was a... Total route, total blowout, 134-109. So you may be asking yourself, gee, Jackson, how are you going to talk about better defense from Alper and Shingun in a game where Anthony Davis scored 40 points? Well, uh, pretty easily, actually. So let me, uh, we'll get into it. Um, first off, Alpie, strong night, you know, uh, on his own. First off, 18 points on 9 of 17 shooting, was 0 of 1, from long distance, was 0 of 2 at the free throw line, missed his two free throw attempts. He's got to get better at that. The free throw shooting has been terrible for Alpi. But he had 15 boards, five of them on the offensive glass. He had five dimes, and he was robbed of like three or four assists in the first half of this game. He, he set up a bunch of different teammates, and guys were smoking layups, missing shots. He had some really good, you know, really good dimes, or potential dimes, I should say, in this game. He had two steals and three blocks to go with two turnovers. Really strong overall. I mean, just completely stuff in the stat sheet for Alpi. And on the offensive end, I mean, he he was cooking guys in this game. He spun on LeBron James. He had Rui Hachimura absolutely lost at one point on a fakeout. Uh, he got AD a couple times. Like he Alpi basically was taking turns cooking whoever he wanted in the Lakers front line. And he finished the game 9 of 17. He started 0 of 4. So the fact that he started off so rough 0-4 and was able to bounce back just like 
Previous game, you know, a couple games back, Kevin starting off really, really rough and then being able to find his way back and having a really strong close to the game. Uh, this was really impressive from Al P, right, to work his way back in. He, his, you know, over his last 13 shots, he went 9 of 13. Like, that's that's really solid production from him. But what really stood out in this game was the defense. But, hey, you know what? You don't even have to take my word for it. Take Jalen Green's word for it. He challenged you uh, earlier in the season on the defensive end. How much do you think your defense has improved from the beginning of the year until now? Way better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think I'm, I improved my defense because I was really, like, uh, I didn't figure out the beginning of the season because uh, last season and this season, our uh, my pick-and-roll defense uh, plans has changed, you know. And I just didn't figure out the beginning of the season. And now I think, like, I'm, I'm trying hard, you know, and then uh, I'm trying my best. There was a time you switched on the run and crowd started making noise, and he just took a three. He didn't want any part of you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Like, he just wait 15 minutes of the ball, but I knew he's going to shoot, you know. And he didn't try, yeah, he didn't try to drive. And he literally waited with the ball. He didn't move anything. But I, I, I know it's he's going to shoot, though. So not only, so you hear from, you get Jalen Green at the beginning of that clip, which shout out to Lashard Binkley. Go show him some love on Twitter. Make sure you're following him. He's been doing a great job, you know, credentialed this season, first year covering the Rockets in person. Make sure you give some love to him. Great question and great video in which you see, you know, he's asking Shingun about his defense and Jalen pipes up from, you know, the corner of the locker room saying it's way better this year, right? Because Jalen's right at Eric Gordon's locker. That's the exact... Uh, locker where Eric earlier this season dropped the whole, well, you don't need a translator for that when Alpi dropped the BS line. So, I mean, Shingun's defense has gotten a lot better. And, and you may still be asking yourself, okay, well, you know, how did it get better in a game where Anthony Davis scored 40 points? Well, let's, let's backtrack here a little bit and let's see exactly where AD generated a lot of his points. I went back and watched every single bucket that Anthony Davis scored in this game, because I, I was curious what what it actually looked like, and there were a lot, there were some possessions that were absolutely you know on Shingun. There were a lot though that didn't have anything to do with Shingun, um, or where Shingun wasn't the only defender guarding AD, or where like Jabari was switched on to AD and and checking him, and then Shingun tried to come over and help, and, and you know AD still managed to score. The thing is, is most of the NBA can't guard Anthony Davis, right? Most teams struggled to contain Anthony Davis. And where the Rockets really struggled this game is Anthony Davis had 26 of his 40 points in the paint. Uh, the Lakers, as a team, had 68 points in the paint. So 42 of those suckers came from guys not named Anthony Davis, right? That's some combination of, you know, LeBron, D'Lo, whoever else. Just at one point, it turned into kind of a layup line, right? Where Shingun was off the floor, but the Rockets had this like matador defense going where the Lakers were just cutting and backdooring and getting whatever they wanted right at the rim. And so the Rockets' defensive issues go far beyond just having Shingun out there on the floor. But even with Shingun out there trying to guard Anthony Davis, there were actually some possessions that looked really solid as far as forcing AD into a long contested two or having him settle for a not so great shot that still went in just because, you know, at the end of the day, talent is going to win out. 
First couple shots that AD took were shots that he made over both Shingun and Jabari Smith Jr. Then he got, then he scored a bucket on KJ Martin. Then he scored a bucket in transition. Then he was blocked by Alperin Shingun, but he got the ball back because, you know, quick second jump, recovery, whatever, put the ball back in. So Alpi actually had a good defensive possession against AD, and then just nobody else was in position to recover the basketball before AD could get to it. Uh, then he had a possession where he bodied Alpi, right? Completely bodied him, scored on him, Bad defense by Alp. Another transition bucket. Had an and one on Alp. He had a pick and roll where Alp was kind of caught in no man's land on the pick and roll defense, and he nailed a floater over the top. Uh, he had a lob that he nailed over Jabari Smith Jr. So, like, I'm just going down the list. Again, these are these are all of his buckets, right? He had a rebound over Jabari Smith Jr. and then a putback over Jabari. So... There are, and then, you know, there's a handful of, you know, long twos, some floaters and stuff here and there uh, on his way up to that 40. But I do fully agree, right, with Jalen's sentiment and with Alpes is his defense, when you look at where he was at to start his career last season and then how he's improved to this year, it has gotten considerably better. And so then you package that with all the stuff that we know that he's capable of doing offensively. Yes, this happened in a blowout. Yes, Anthony Davis still got 40, right? we can still identify the areas of growth for this Rockets team. And I do think defense has been a big part of Shingun's development this season, all the way stretching into last season. And he's only going to continue to get better on that side of the basketball. Again, I don't know if he's ever going to be a good defensive player. I don't think that's a fair expectation, but getting to a place where he's just not a defensive liability would be huge for somebody that has that much offensive potential. Coming up, I do want to share the other takeaways that I've got from this game. We'll talk a little bit about Jalen Green's night and why he struggled so much in the second half against the LA Lakers. Uh, and I do want to get to uh, a little bit of that Pistons game, right? And how we finally saw Jalen and KPJ both score 30-plus in the same game and why it took so long for Steven Silas to add a certain play into the offensive repertoire for this Rockets team. We're going to get there in just one moment, but first today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Next game, how about Jalen Green to score more than 23.5 points? What about Alperin Shingun to have more than 8.5 rebounds? How about KPJ to have less than 7.5 assists? Or what about Jabari Smith Jr. to have less than 3.5 three-pointers made? So what is prize picks? It's daily fantasy sports, but how does it work? Basically, you pick two to six players. If they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you go up to 25 times back on your money on any entry that you submit. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks has projections for any sport that you watch. That's NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA. The list goes on. They've got you covered for all of the action. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that simple. They're safe. They offer incredibly fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Let's change gears here to, well, one, one more point on the, the defensive stuff from the first segment. Uh, I mentioned a, you know, a handful of the transition opportunities that you know, Anthony Davis had gotten in this game. It, it's, like the, it's like the Lakers completely read the scouting report on the Rockets. They're like, okay, 
guys, this team does not get back in transition ever. So as soon as the shot goes up, just run and just and there were a bunch of opportunities where <laughs> where AD was, you know, closing out on Jalen or Kevin and just he would get a hand up for the shot and he would just take off going the other uh, other direction on the floor because the Rockets can't even get their guards back in transition to prevent those those easy opportunities. Like that's kind of where this team is at, the sad state of affairs defensively for this team at times. They can't even make sure that they have a guard back there to make sure that a big man doesn't get it doesn't beat everybody else down the floor. Like that's not like AD beating, you know, beating the Rockets on the floor isn't Alper and Shingun's fault. Uh, if Alpi's under the bucket and it's on a switch and AD just takes off the other direction, like that's not how that works. You got to have a, you know, the perimeter players, the guards have to be the guys that get back first. Uh, it's just a, it was a very weird game to watch and just see the, the how, how surgical the Lakers were and LeBron and AD and kind of picking apart what the Rockets were trying to do in this game. And LeBron didn't even have a great game. He had 18 points, eight of 18 shooting. He was just on absolute coasting mode in this one. Uh, he was one of seven from three. He had 10 boards, 11 assists, got a triple double just in his sleep basically against the Rockets. Uh, Jalen had a really strong first half and just got completely shut down in the second half. First half, he finished with 15 points. He had three dimes, one turnover, 5 of 11 shooting. It was a really, really strong first half from Jalen Green. Second half is 2 of 10. It just completely derails in the second half, including getting blocked multiple times at the rim. Uh, for some reason, I, I get Rui Hachimura turned into like a total like DPOY player against the Rockets in this game. He had three blocks off the Lakers bench to go along with his 20 points because to the earlier point about scouting reports, it's like the Rockets didn't read their scouting report and they were biting on every single Rui Hachimura pump fake at the three-point line. Uh, he is not a lethal shooter from the three-point line. You don't bite on the Rui Hachimura three-pointers. And that that's why he was able to get kind of whatever he wanted, the mid-range attack in the basket. He had 20 points, 12 boards off the bench for the Lakers. But for Jalen Green, so much of it was he just really struggled attacking the interior against this Lakers team, right? There was a lot of interior presence around the rim that prevented him from getting to some of the layups that he normally makes. Uh, and I want to say that this is part of like that next evolution for Jalen, right? We've seen it where he's gotten a lot better about kind of dancing a little bit, using some deceleration, changing of speeds, that kind of stuff uh, over the course of the season. It felt like he didn't do much of that in this game, right? Like it felt like Jalen was kind of like, okay, there's the pocket and I'm going to go. And then just, you know, full speed ahead and he's attacking the rim and he goes up for the shot and it's Lakers big. It's just like rotate over SWAT. Like, there were also a number of drives where, like, I, I genuinely thought that Jalen received some contact or, you know, the Lakers were getting extra physical, and it felt like Jalen couldn't buy a whistle in this game. He did get to the free throw line eight times, and he sank all eight of them, but there were a lot of drives outside of the ones that he did get foul calls on where I thought, man, like, I mean, he, you know, he was beating defenders, getting past guys, and then he was getting, you know, shoulder checked or, you know, getting contact, you know, go taking it to somebody's chest and, you know, he'd come crashing down, fall into the court. Jalen doesn't exactly fall down if he doesn't receive contact, right? Like he's not driving in there, stumbling, bumbling, fumbling, whatever. You know, he doesn't just drive in and fall down without contact. And there were a lot of drives where Jalen drove, received contact, no whistle, 
fell down, and then the Lakers were off to the races the other direction. That part always feels bad when Jalen or Kevin drive to try and create an opportunity for the team, and they did, you know, either they try to make a layup or they dish the ball out. Rockets miss a shot, and then the other team is gone in transition the other direction, and they've got a five on four advantage because whoever it is that attacked is still trying to pick themselves up off the court if they received contact, no whistle, whatever, that kind of thing. So uh, really, really rough second half for Jalen in this game against the Lakers, despite such a good first half of play. And this Rockets team, by and large, I mean, I will say Jabari had a good game, I feel like, against this Lakers team. He's really kind of coming into his own more and more. I think he you, you very much see, though, on the possessions where he was matched up with AD, you're like, okay, uh, Jabari has no chance guarding and Anthony Davis, right? AD's got, you know... I don't know how many pounds AD's got on Jabari, but he, it's like he stuffed him into a locker and was like, there's this, this kid can't hold me um, on any of any of the possessions where they, where Jabari was switched on to AD. Like you could just see how much AD was overpowering him down low. And this is why AD is such a tough cover for every team in the NBA, right? Because AD plays over the top of Shingun, is able to overpower him a little bit, is longer than him for Jabari, bigger, stronger, you know, not necessarily more length, but it was just a lot, and the Rockets had zero answer anywhere on this roster. Nobody on this team could could handle Anthony Davis in this game. But offensively, Jabari continues to look really solid coming into his own. 14 points, 6 of 12 shooting, 2 of 4 from 3-point land, and the comfortability with which he's attacking like off the catch from the perimeter, driving into the paint, taking, you know, boom, 1-2 dribbles, elevating 1-2 dribbles, passing it out to a teammate, one, two dribbles, creating for somebody else. He, It's like he's not even thinking about it, right? And it's, it's becoming more and more second nature for him where, okay, like I caught the ball, defender's closing out at me, boom. I know exactly what I'm doing. And there's no more, uh, no more of that indecision there, any of that stuff. So that was really nice to see out of this game against the Lakers. And I mean, past that, it was a bit of a forgettable game. KPJ... Strong shooting night from beyond the arc, 6 of 10 shooting on his way to 20 points. But outside of that, didn't do a whole lot else offensively. Really struggled, Kevin, inside the arc, just like Jalen did against this Lakers team. Uh, again, the the length, right? The, the way that the Lakers are able to defend and kind of shut down anything inside the arc is, is really tough to go up against. So the Rockets did really struggle against this team. But the team that they didn't struggle against was the Detroit Pistons. And I do want to talk about that because we saw both Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. for the first time this season score 30-plus each in the same game. How were they able to do that? Why did Steven Silas wait so long to add a wrinkle to the offense uh, that he then spoke about post-game? We're going to talk about that in just one moment, but first, today's episode is brought to you by Bill Bar. Now, look, when it comes to protein bars, you've got to check out Built Bar. They are the number one protein bar on the market, and for very good reason, right? Every single bar is covered in 100% delicious chocolate. They're basically candy bars that are jam-packed with protein. They come in so many amazing flavors. you got salted caramel, raspberry, cookies and cream, strawberry, peanut butter, 
Uh, coconut brownie chunk is my personal favorite, but you really can't go wrong with a single bar on their menu. Every single bar is low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing if you're on a keto diet, amazing if you're trying to cut back a little bit, lose a little bit of weight. You can check them out. You can go grab a box in person at your local Walmart or Sam's Club, or if ordering online is more your speed, go check them out at Built.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your very next order of the best-tasting protein bars on the market. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off at Built.com. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, navigating towards this Pistons game, and we will, we will get to a tankathon spin in today's episode. Uh, in fact, if you're watching on YouTube, here's my little visual tease for the tankathon spin. I can I can put it on the screen right there. It's 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 ready to go. It's it's hidden in the background until then, though, because uh, I, I I see the comments whenever I forget to do the tankathon spin. You guys get mad at me, so I've I've got it I've got it pulled up. It's right there. I will not forget um, because the Rockets are also not going to be able to catch the Detroit Pistons. There was I I was holding out just the, a sliver of hope that. If the Rockets had lost this game against the Pistons, if they had orchestrated a masterclass in tanking against the Pistons, then they may have been able to walk away with the worst overall record and guaranteeing a floor of the fifth overall pick this year. Does not look to be the case. Uh, With that win, it's going to be pretty much impossible for the Rockets to catch the Pistons unless the Rockets lose out and somehow the Pistons win out the rest of the regular season. Uh... Yeah, it's 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 just not happening. So with that, the Rockets are more than likely locked into at least the second worst record in the NBA, which means a floor of pick oh, pick six in the NBA draft lottery. Uh, San Antonio picking up another win the other night uh, was huge. So San Antonio creating a little bit of separation uh, as the bottom three records are still trying to figure out where they're all ultimately going to land. But in this game, against the Pistons since the Rockets did not crumple it up and throw it away, and they actually played and tried in this game. Uh, Jalen Green and KPJ both went off. Huge games from both of those guys. Kevin Porter Jr., 33 points on 12 of 20 shooting. Jalen Green, 32 points on 10 of 18 shooting in this game. Some really fantastic performances. And so, after the game was done, uh, I took to the post-game press conference, and I asked Steven Silas, uh, about Jalen and KPJ and their first time scoring 30 plus this season, given the fact that for much of this season, we've seen, you know, Kevin have success and then Jalen struggles or Jalen has success and Kevin has a quiet night or struggles. And his answer was interesting. Steven Silas goes on to tell me, Mahmoud's been telling me to put in that pick and roll for a month. And Rick Higgins was like, put it in. So I put it in and they went, playing off each other, getting downhill, attacking and making reads. So the reason that the Rockets' dynamic guard duo found so much success in this game against the Pistons was because one of the Rockets' assistant coaches, Mahmoud, has been saying that they should install this play, this set, which is you know a variation of 21 series, basically the one-two pick and roll that we saw a lot of uh, against the against the Pistons. The Rockets did it a lot, right? They ran, and it, what this is not this is not the wiper action that the Rockets run uh, at the end of quarters. 
Uh, although that they did do some of that as well. Uh, this is like a legit, you know, one-two pick and roll between Jalen and Kevin. And basically involving those guys in the action as two dynamic shot creators, scorers, whatever. Uh, the reason that we saw those two guys score 30-plus and have two of the most efficient games that they've had all season, yes, playing the Pistons helps, but it's because they finally installed that play that Mahmoud's been saying, do it for over a month. And then Rick Higgins doubled down on that and said, yes, put it in. And so then Silas finally, finally caved, I guess, and put it in the playbook. Why did it take a month for us to see this? Why did it take until game 77 for this to be installed in the Rockets offense, right? An offense that is supposedly catered to the guard play of Jalen and Kevin Porter Jr. And then here's the best part is uh, I believe there was a follow-up in the pregame to Sunday's Lakers matchup in which uh, there was there were a couple, I believe, follow-up questions asked, or at least a follow-up question asked to Steven Silas during pregame about the the plays, you know, the the these you know things added to the to the offensive structure to get Jalen and KPJ these opportunities against the Pistons. And Steven clarified saying that he hadn't added it sooner because he wanted to promote ball movement amongst the team and that this this action, this design uh, kind of limits it to just two guys and doesn't promote as much ball movement. And I'm like, I feel like there's a lot of cognitive dissonance in that statement because the Rockets aren't exactly a team that has been known for or promoting a lot of ball movement this season, right? Are we watching the same team? Are you guys, are you guys seeing a team that is, sharing the basketball and, and, and moving the ball around and, and you know, all, all that. Eh, I kind of don't. I see a team that tries to and, you know, makes a few passes within, when they're in the half court and tries to swing it back and forth, you know, weak side, strong side. And then it usually boils down to, you know, a lot of Jalen KPJ pick and roll or ISO. Like it doesn't, they're not really sharing the basketball a ton. So I was a bit confused by that statement as kind of like the clarification for why that play wasn't installed sooner. It was just, it's just another in a long list of mind boggling answers and uh, conclusions drawn about this group of players and how Silas decides to approach the games, how he orchestrates this team, how he pulls the levers during the game, how he prepares for going into these games uh, again, this is something that we could have seen all season, right? They had an entire off season to game plan around, Hey, how do we want to get the most out of Jalen green and Kevin Porter jr? We've got two dynamic guards who can create, who can score, who can do X, Y, Z. How do we get the most out of that? And we didn't see this wrinkle until game 77 of the season. And the only reason that we saw it is because two, not one, but two rockets assistants were clamoring for it to be added to the repertoire offensively. So I'll get off my soapbox here. I thought it was uh, rather illuminating and kind of a good encapsulation of, of what is likely the season at large, right? How many times the season has Lionel Hollins been in Steven Silas's ear about, hey, we need to change this defensively and like adjust this and put this guy here and do this, that, and, and Silas is just like, eh, we'll get to it. <laughs> Game 77, Lionel. That's where I'm going to put that in for you. Um, so... With that, um, 
It was fun to see Jalen and KPJ both cook in a singular game. It was a it was a fun overall game. Jalen had one hell of a vicious dunk at one point in that game against the Pistons. Just a complete. It wasn't quite a poster. Um, I guess maybe it was a poster. There was there was a contest, but uh, he didn't exactly catch a body. It was just a, a completely ferocious dunk. Uh, with that, Rockets split the weekend's pair, pair of games Friday Sunday against the Pistons Lakers. They've got three games left this season. One more home game against the Nuggets. And then they go on the road to close things out against the Hornets and then the Wizards. Three games left, guys. We are almost there. The light at the end of the tanking tunnel. And with that, we should go ahead and do a tankathon spin. I will say, I didn't touch on any of the CBA news, the collective bargaining agreement that was struck up between the NBA and the MBPA uh, this past Friday. Uh, Nice little weekend news dump there. Uh, We're going to tackle that in our next episode with your weekly co-host, Ben DuBose. He and I are going to spend a lot of time unpacking some of the big takeaways, major takeaways, uh, sharing our thoughts on some of the major changes from the CBA. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, But I didn't want to try and cram that into this episode and thoughts from the game and thoughts from, you know, the the play calling from the Pistons. It's just, it would have been too much. So be on the lookout for that for our next episode. But we are, it's, it's about that time in the episode where we fire up the Tankathon spin. I've got the graphic right here. Boom. There's the Tankathon graphic. I don't know what I'm feeling today, honestly. You know what? I'm feeling Scoot Henderson. I'm feeling pick number two. That's, I feel it in my bones. Pick number two. The Rockets are not going to move at all when I hit this spin. So here we go. Let's see where it, let's see where it lands. Uh, uh, oh, man. I have had <laughs> there, there goes my asthma acting up at the end of the episode. This is <coughs> fantastic content. Oh, I'm just dying on stream. It's cool. I have had a rotten luck with these tankathon spins as of late, man. This is awful. Rockets fall all the way to sixth. So their floor. And this is a really weird one. Charlotte's at the number one pick, Portland at number two, Orlando at number three, Utah at number four, Detroit, Houston, San Antonio, all fall out of the top four. That is, this is one of the ugliest tankathon spins that I have ever spun on this show. Uh, really don't like this. So with that, uh, you know what? I, I can't even, can I reset this? Can I, can I do one more spin? Can I cheat the system? I'm going to refresh. I'm doing one more spin. If we get another ugly spin, then maybe it's just, we're, we're you know, we're not allowed to have Scoot or Wimby or Brandon Miller. One more spin. <gasps> Okay, there it is. There it is. Okay, that one's a little bit better. Charlotte wins the the Wimby sweepstakes. Rockets stay at number two, though. All right, so it's it's cheating because I did a second spin. But with that, that's as good a spot as any to shut down today's episode. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast. That's Apple, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app. Free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also available on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Share your thoughts in the YouTube comments. Put whatever you put. What? How do you feel about Steven Silas waiting till game 77 to install a play to make KPJ and Jalen better? Put it in the YouTube comments. I read those every single day. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.